Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name is David Reed, and joining me as ever... It's my married you know, Do you like that bit or is it annoying you? It's the ever bit I've got a problem. What would but you rather I say? What do what does it why do you use as ever? Well, uh to qualify that I know it's not a surprise. But when you're feeling tired, yes. today for example. Yeah, I'm quite tired today. It's, it's the, the, the inflection changes the meaning. As ever. Yeah, if it's slow, it sounds like I'm bored of you. I, I see what you're saying. Try and do it again? Saying. Not really, no. I, I was happy with it. but. Well, I mean. Okay, well, uh, welcome well, to the podcast. A difficult start. A difficult start. Um, let's aim for a difficult finish. Uh, <laughs> To bookend it, make it feel a happy ending. A happy ending. You think? Would you like a happy ending? I'm <laughs> not right now, thanks. <laughs> right now, I'm in the middle of something. Um, welcome to the show. Uh, we will be talking about some films uh, that Marek and I have seen, as per usual. Um, as ever. As ever. As ever. Talking about films. Before we crack on, um, I would like to say that we are sponsored this week by HerFilmProject.com, which is promoting... uh, Equality. Which is promoting equality in films. Gender equality. Gender equality is how they started out, but they are striving for promoting uh, uh, general equality throughout films. So if... uh, Like a spirit level of cinema... Exactly, yes. Trying to get it level. The little bubble at the moment is too far down one end, isn't it? So as soon as someone gets above their station, it attacks them. <laughs> like a spirit level. I think you're using a spirit level wrong. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, you're not, it's not a violent instrument. Oh, I've been using the spirit level as a hammer. Yeah, really not good for it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you're in, if you're interested, then uh, go to herfilmproject.com and you can read all about it from or f- there. Follow on Twitter at herfilmproject. Yes, do that also. Um, we've seen some films. I went to the cinema this week. Um, went to the Picture House Central again. You like that place? Um, don't I do you? like it. Well, I'm a member of it now to get you know discounts. So tickets are a mere four hundred pounds now with the four hundred pounds. Did you buy? Did you buy your popcorn on site? You know, I don't buy popcorn at um, at the cinema. Do I don't like food in the cinema actually anymore. I, I find it a bit distracting when other people have got it. So I sit at the back and devour, try and do a whole bag of popcorn in the twenty minutes trailers. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think I've ever eaten popcorn while the film's been on. It's always been finished during the car adverts, yeah. to be honest. You just eat for that. It's mostly minutes. air, isn't it? It's good, though. Yeah, it is. It is tasty, but I just don't bother. But I went to see Logan. Logan, Marrick, which uh, you'll be pleased to hear is a superhero film. This is um, last one, is it? Uh, last outing for Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Um he's and and arguably the first X-Men film where Wolverine was the lead in it that introduced us to you know Patrick Stewart's Professor X and uh, Ian McKellen's Magneto and all of that started the whole superhero I think it was quite good the first one wasn't it the first one's a Brian Singer film who did Usual Suspects and it's excellent yeah, and the first one. two in fact are excellent okay. and then Brian Singer left to do uh, Superman Returns, which was that one-off Superman with Brandon Routh that didn't do very well with Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor, which again, it, it I thought Brandon Routh was very good, but it didn't get any traction, and so they shit canned it, and the X Men franchise sort of fell away, and so it's been ve- a very disparate franchise. There, there's some fun ones when they rebooted it in the '60s with. Um, x-men first class and then but that franchise again has gotten the has gotten a bit shit and they've tried to make a wolverine franchise and all of the films have been a little bit how many have there been i think i'm right in saying this is the third of the standalone wolf because there's x-men origins wolverine then the wolverine and this is logan I think that's right. I, I've not really paid attention because they've all been a bit shit. They're going to have to use his middle name for the next one. <laughs> well, that's his middle it. name is? Well, his, his first name's actually James, I think, so they could call it James. Or Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Claus. Well, there's a lot of options there. Yeah. Well, okay, so Logan isn't like any of the other superhero films. This has gotten made because Deadpool made a lot of money. And Deadpool was famously an R-rated superhero film. Now this has gone, wow, there is an appetite for an R-rated superhero film. What do you mean by R-rated? It's an American rating system. So like we have an 18, they have rated R for restricted. Oh, this is 18 then? Yeah, it's an 18, yeah. So it's very violent. Um, and But they haven't done what Deadpool's done in terms of the tone and the stupid sense of humour. This is basically like an independent film. It's about characters front and centre so Logan it's set in the future sort of 2029 or something all of the mutants are dead pretty much good no more films Logan who can heal himself that's his thing and he's got the claws the military gave him is his healing factors getting worse and worse and he's getting old having to buy plasters and stuff like that absolutely painkillers lots of painkillers and he's living basically inside a septic tank with Stephen Merchant what? Um, (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Stephen Merchant's in it and he's good he's really good in it who does he play? he plays a guy called Caliban who is a um, albino who can sense other mutants when they're nearby you say albino not albino yeah I, w- I was questioning myself as I said it which one is it? albino 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 the inventor of uh, the Beano yeah it was it became because they forgot to it, 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 the very first colour episode of the Beano yes they forgot to colour one of the characters called uh, uh, Alan Al- Alan Beano yeah and so then the name Albino came from that it's interesting that, isn't it 
Um, so Logan is uh, basically living there with Professor X, Patrick Stewart, who now basically is an old man with Alzheimer's, and he keeps having seizures. And when a man who has uh, the mental powers that he does, he's basically a bomb. So Logan is having to medicate him, and keep, and it's all quite grim. And uh, and thrown into the mix is. Uh, a little Mexican girl who has escaped some facility or other. She's a mutant, right? She well, she has been developed. She's something else. She's been cloned from mutants. It turns oh, out. Oh, okay. Anyway, what's her name? Pinado, I mean. Um, you know, I can't remember her name. That's uh, a good name, isn't it? it? Her name is Laura. That's it. Oh. Anyway, um, what and was that she, racist, me saying Pinado? I think it probably is. And she, it turns out she has uh, she has powers very similar to Wolverine, and there's a reason for that. Okay. This film is excellent. It is possibly the best superhero film I've ever seen. Really? Because it isn't really a superhero film. It is an emotional, sad, often funny character story road trip, basically, um, about second chances and redemption and growing old and all the rest but it also has some very graphic violence and I've heard good things it is quite good so. it, it's excellent it's really really strong and weirdly even though so many of the films have been shit it is sort of it is an emotional uh, thing to see him so beaten up, this character so beaten up and old and on his last legs and all of that because it, I think it was, was it 15 years ago, 20 years ago that the first one came out? I watched LA Confidential uh, the other night and I, I was disturbed that was 20 years old. Yeah. X-Men was 2000, so 17 years. Holy 17 shit. 17 years he's been playing this character. Um, and I have to say, Patrick Stewart is so good at playing this version of Professor X. Professor X has always been a bit boring and safe and sort of school teachery. And in this one, because he's got Alzheimer's and he's a bit of a sort of complaining old man, he's so good in it. And the little girl played by Daphne Keane is brilliant. We've we've talked about this before, but uh, kids in, in prominent roles in movies have the ability to make or break films. Yeah, yeah. And she is excellent. Really, really. Is she young strong. in real life or is she old? Oh no, she's 45. Playing young. <laughs> is she Karate Kid, um, uh, Ralph De- what was his name? Ralph DeMaggio or something? Yeah, yeah. He was something like 30 when he played it. Was he really? Old. I didn't know that. Is that true? He was really old um, when he played Karate Kid because I was really shocked by the fact uh, I, I found out when I was about 14 I couldn't really get my head around it. <laughs> it caused me a lot of um, trauma. Right. It's all quite heavy and then moving on to mild bedwetting. Okay. Okay. I'm looking at Karate Kid as we speak. The Karate Kid was made in what year? I have no idea. Uh, 1986. 84. Ralph Macho, not Ralph DiMaggio, uh, was born in 1961. So he was 23 when he played the Karate Kid. So not that. He had a very young face, didn't he? And how old was Mr. Miyagi? 28? 2000. <laughs> played by Pat Morita, who died sadly in 2005. He was born in 1932, so he was 54. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, 
Um, Logan, I, you know, even if you don't like superhero films, this one's worth a watch because I, I just think it's excellent. It's, it's not a perfect film. There are a couple of bits where you go, meh, okay. But it's, it's the best one I've seen. Does it have the same superhero arc? No. Different story, mate. Different story. And you know what? It's not, it's not as fun as, uh, no, that's that's not quite right. It's a different kind of film to your original Superman or Tim Burton's Batman or you know the first X Men film. They're all, I think, excellent and really fun, like roller coasters. This is something a bit different. Why is this different then? Because who directed this one? This one was the uh, a guy called uh, James Mangold, who you may know because he did Walk the Line, the Johnny Cash biopic. Oh yes, and yes. Girl Interrupted. Uh, which is a very good film that got Angelina Jolie an Oscar. Um, but he, he's done quite a lot of films we've heard of, but probably not remembered him. So 310 to Yuma, Night oh, yes. and Day, that um, Cameron Diaz, Tom Cruise I've, one. I've never finished watching that. No, I know. Um, and The Wolverine, actually, he did as well, So, which I thought was fine. Well, wasn't he, great. But. Logan's got 8.6 and IMDb, a meta score of 77. How many Davids are you going to award it? You know what? I think I'm going to give it nine. I thought it was wow. really, really good. Really good. And I am invested in the whole superhero thing. I quite like it. So this was... And it was. it's always good to go, Oh, they did it right. Excellent. <laughs> good. Goodbye to that character on a high. Not just they've sort of run it into the ground. That's good. So uh, was the response in the cinema good as well? Well, I think did so. Your friend you weren't with like it. Yeah, he did very much so, very much so. Um, and you know what? It felt like it it went back to eighties tropes of the action hero. So these days, there is a tendency for all fights to be a bit like a dance where the hero doesn't get hurt at all. Yeah. You know. Every punch, showers of bullets. They just missing yeah, every yeah, and every punch they just take and carry on, and and this felt a bit more like Indiana Jones or like uh, John McClane or and or uh, Rocky even, where because his healing factor is failing, he gets the shit kicked out of him and he feels it. He's getting hurt throughout. Well, he still but heals it, a bit though, right? Yeah, I still heals a bit, so it's still superhuman, but it's not. It's not Superman, you know, he's not invulnerable. And so you feel all the more sort of excited when he, through, you know, through the pain, gets back up again, which is what sort of Harrison Ford would always do. Can you, you know? do the sound? Of, what? It's a bit like that. that that's what I want in my hair, right? That's know. the sound of fighting for the pain. Everyone at home. Here's a short pause for you to do your sound of yourself getting up through the pain. Well done. Oh, that was good, then. Yeah. Um, that's a bit like what, the sound you make as you get older when you get up out of a chair you've been sitting down for a long while. Well, that's our equivalent as norms. That's as close to being Wolverine as we'll get. That's a, so we what we feel when we get out of a chair after three not as, having moved for three hours. Yeah. Is similar to Wolverine being being in quite. A, heavy fight but getting back up to uh, fight for what's right and probably uh, the closest we'll get to having claws is probably um, having a splinter isn't it yeah that's probably the closest I don't get one of those yeah it'd be horrible well well, yeah 
there's there's Logan for you. Go see it. Um, I think it's time for this. Here's a message mm. from Niall. What does he want? Look, he's actually offering a cinema discounts. What? Well, a way of getting cinema discounts. Right. Because you know, as we all know, cinema tickets are an absolute rip-off. Yes. This is what he'd written. Hi, peeps. Sorry, hey, peeps. Still loving the show. I thought I wanted to, wanted to put loving the show as ever, really. <laughs> as ever, yeah. yeah. I thought I'd let you know about a way to get discount at cinemas. Any West card holders get a 25% discount. But I'm not a student, I hear you say. Well, there's an easy way around that. Spend £10 on an online course and you can get your Any West card. Wow. See my friend's post here. is a website, which is quite a good thing to do. It's just, it's just HTTPS forward slash forward slash bit. BeCleverWithYourCash.com forward slash student discount. So basically, you can get a US card and you can just get loads of discounts for everything. Until enough people do it that they they, they ban they it, ban and the then, scheme, yeah. and, then, and then you become ostracized. You you get taken. They decide you're <laughs> going to be the the, student, the real students will come after you. Yeah, and they they have to punish you for being the person who's uh, who's made to, to make an example. <laughs> to make an example, they have to get you. You have to get killed. Um, <laughs> It sounds very clever. The other way to get cinema discounts is to just wander in because their staff don't care. That's another clever way of doing it. I went to the Tower of London uh, once with my friends about five or six years ago. Yeah. And I said as a joke to the lady who's messing around that I had a wooden leg, what discount did I get? And she believed me and she charged me £10 as opposed to £20 and my friend was allowed in as the carer. Wow, so you're you're charged per leg. Well, no, I had to pay still, even though I'm disabled. Yeah. And the person with me didn't have to pay at all. Oh, that that's that's doesn't seem fair. No, I mean you'd think you charge. Did she not want to check your leg? No, she didn't check at all. I think she was just a bit embarrassed. But the Tower of London is an active barracks. I mean, you could have been smuggling anything in there. Yeah, wet gold. Wet gold. <laughs> your legs are always smeared with wet gold, yeah, aren't they? That's what it's called, right? Yeah. Um, here we go. Here is uh, an email from. Oh, you can do that business. <laughs> this is from Andrew McAfee, and he says, "Dear David, Marrick, Buddy, Danielle, if she's around, whenever people talk about cult films that are so bad they're good, the go-to film is Tommy Wiseau's The Room. However, I would love to introduce you to Neil Breen." By day, Breen is an architect in Las Vegas, but when he's not doing that, he makes feature films. He started with Double Down, where he plays the world's best computer hacker who exposes corruption in big business and government, then moved on to I Am Here Now, where he is some sort of space robot Jesus who exposes corruption in big business and government. His third film was all about exposing corruption in big business and government and has a supernatural element to it fateful findings and he has just released his fourth film called pass through 
These movies will possibly infuriate you, but I think you will love them. His acting, camera work, scripts, forgotten plots and overuse of stock footage is something to behold. His morality is extremely confused and the films work better if you assume he is the bad guy rather than the hero. And Andy's given us links to all four films. All the best. Keep watching the films. Andy McH, IMDb score of one. Um, so thank you, Andy. So we'll have to keep an eye out for Neil Breen. I think we 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 are we're doing recommendations of films, and we mentioned a couple of weeks ago maybe that we're also going to do one week where we'll do worst films. Mm. So we'll do a special week. So if you recommend them, we'll we'll watch a couple of them and, and do a bad films week at some point. Yes, yes. Please do write in and tell us the worst film you have ever seen. You can do that by going to filmfandango.com and filling in the little box. Uh, has anyone else written in? Yeah, I'll read another one. Go on, then. He's from Scott. Trailer conundrum, he's entitled this. Dear Marek, David and Buddy, I was wondering if, like me, your love of film means you watch a lot of trailers, particularly the films you are most looking forward to. However, I do find this can lead to a lot of spoilers because I tend to have a selective memory for scenes I've seen in the trailer and not yet appeared in the film. I find this a particular problem in thrillers as it's fairly easy to predict whether someone is going to die at a certain point but you know they don't because a certain scene from the trailer has not appeared yet. As such, it kills the tension. I'll use the most recent trailer for Alien Covenant as an example, during which far too much footage was shown. It can be a real art getting a trailer right. I wish, I guess, and often wish directors had more creative control over it and weren't dictated to by marketing folk. I guess a simple solution is not watching any trailers. But fuck that. Keep watching the film, Scott in Adelaide. I agree with Scott entirely. I've, I've had films ruined because just at, you know, the the most intriguing moment I've recalled a shot from the trailer and gone oh well that's going to happen then isn't it it, it is it is maddening and I and for as I understand it the marketing department usually just get carte blanche to use the best shots in the trailer they just they can use any of it so it's entirely down to them but it is part of the storytelling it, it's changing the expectation of what you're about to see it's why some of the best film experiences I've had have been going to films that I have known nothing about yeah. when going in and I would push for films big budget ones where they have to get everyone pumped up and excited to come see this to shoot additional footage to put in the trailer so that it's it's not a lie it's still the characters and the settings of the film but you haven't seen anything that is actually going to happen I think that would be a far better way of doing it well I've had a job recently which has been watching just a little writing job watching lots of trailers and writing something Mm. for it and so I just watched loads I don't normally watch them online I only watch when I go to the cinema and usually I try and avoid the ones the films I'm watching Alien Covenant is a really really good example because we all know the nature of the alien films mm. is basically characters getting but it's based murder on the opening express or something no, not, not like that one it's more like a murder but it's a slasher off. it's like yeah. Halloween basically like Tenethal Indians everyone gets killed one by one yeah yeah and so in the trailer by the end of the trailer you sort of know who you can guess who's going to be surviving which two or three surviving and which ones are going to get killed because it's totally rude they did two trailers for Alien Covenant and she left it at the first one. Yeah. The first one, I don't know if you've seen it, it's just all the couples. Yes. 
talking and sort of being introduced about that they're all going to go and um, uh, repopulate a new planet and there's no alien thing in it there's no sort of mention you just have all the characters and I thought that has a brilliant yeah. trailer because everyone knows what's going to happen in the trailer it's all about the characters it fills you with dread yes yeah yeah. Whereas the other trailer, which has got people screaming and people yeah, getting sliced yeah. up, and characters you've seen think, "Oh, he gets killed," he and gets you killed. see the alien as well, don't yeah. you? In the... it's, it's a much weaker trailer, and, and they put far more emphasis on that girl who uh, uh, has the speech around the table. So you go, "Oh, well, she's she's the final girl, as it's called, the one who survives." The Sigourney Ev- Weaver character. Everyone yeah. else is going to die. Uh, yeah. that's what I'm assuming is going to happen from I mean and anyone who watches any of the trailers will just assume the same thing which is a real shame because yeah. you just think that's you've just cocked up the whole film right? yeah because I can't I can't quite remember but I don't think Sigourney Weaver is even really introduced as the main character in Alien no, at the beginning. No. You know, they're they're definitely an ensemble. You don't even you don't you, you wouldn't even notice. You wouldn't pick her out at all. You'd no. think it's John Hurt. Yeah, yeah. Or da- the bloke who played Dallas. That's yeah. who you'd think. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, which is what's brilliant about Alien. But I've seen a lot of trailers, and some of the trailers are what the Transformers trailer is just music and weird fighting. <laughs> As is the Wonder Woman uh, trailer. I found it very weird that Chris Pine has more lines than Wonder Woman in the trailer for Wonder Woman. I got told to not write jokes about because her name's Diana and she's some sort of princess. So I sort of made. She's I wrote, Diana. I wrote lots of. Her these. name is Diana Prince. <laughs> so I I wrote lots of jokes about one a person mistaking it for Princess Diana, <laughs> which were very funny, but immediately got uh, <laughs> cold in my job. Oh. Um, but I just think it's. It, I thought the Alien did it right in that teaser trailer mm. of all the characters and in, in the on the actual ship was a perfect one. It's all yes. you need to do, and then people actually go and watch the film. Whereas now, if, any, if anything, the other trailer puts me off. They think, oh, it just feels a bit like it. It's the the bad Alien. What was the last one called? Um, Prometheus. Yeah, it felt it felt more like Prometheus. Yes. Than it did Alien or Aliens or Alien Four, Alien Resurrection or Alien Mince Pies. Have you seen Alien versus Predator? I haven't seen that one. Or Alien versus Predator Requiem. Uh, are they good? I thought Alien versus Predator was one of the worst films I'd ever seen, and then I watched uh, Requiem, and suddenly thought that AVP was one of the best films I'd ever seen. <laughs> Requiem is so incompetent, it's embarrassing. It feels like a Final Destination movie rather than an alien Oh, movie. really? And uh, AVP is just shit script. It's fun to see. The, the setup is fun. Uh, and it's got, um, what's he called? Uh, Lars uh, Hendrickson. Oh, a, a predator in it, yeah. But it's it's you know it's a good concept. They're in a maze, and there's some humans uh, stuck in this fucking maze between uh, predators hunting aliens for sport. That's a really good idea. Yeah, it's great. Um, but you know, it's just not delivered very well. Um, there's there's the clunkiest bit in Alien vs Predator that I can remember is. You know, at this sort of in the beginning, when everyone's going to somewhere where they're all going to die, they yeah. always do a sort of. They try to have some foreshadowing and foreboding, but the characters don't understand the significance of it yet. Okay. So there's an Italian character, and as they're travelling, he he uh, the, he points at the full moon, and he just goes, uh, "In my country, we call it the Hunter's Moon." 
and then they both, him and a woman, just go, ha, 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 ha. It's like, that's not a joke. <laughs> it's just like, but they have to laugh because they're not allowed to know that hunt, hunting is going to be significant in a bit. It's really weird. Weak. I'm, no, I'm it's really that. weak. Uh, but, no, I mean, it's it's fun enough, I guess, but, yeah. Um, well, for the last one, it's, it, it, I'm moving on to recommendation now. Sure. Um, I have a film that was recommended to me... Um, by uh, Richard uh, a few at the beginning of March which is a documentary that he and my friend Beth who went to watch it at the cinema for eight hours recommended Christ it was on in the cinema yeah they showed it as an eight hour show with breaks in between blimey and I said the first thing I said to her was how many people stayed to the end and everyone Stay to the end. Wow. That's the thing, it was on it was on iPlayer and What is it, by the way? Okay, it's OJ Made in America, which won the Oscar for um the best film. I'll read a little segment of Richard's uh, letter, which is it's enormous, nearly eight hours, but if you think you've heard enough about Simpson, think again. The breadth and scope of the film is amazing and clearly outlines the comple- complex nature of Simpson's place in American life. I'll just read another letter we got through about the same thing from Ben Grubb. Uh, who says my wife and I have just finished watching the marathon documentary OJ Made in America an incredibly detailed look at essentially the entirety of OJ Simpson's life and his incredible fall from grace as well as an insight just to how just how high racial tensions were were running in LA at the early in the early 90s being a child of the 80s I wasn't hugely aware of OJ other than the Naked Gun films and then his murder trial that seemed to go on forever it was a great watch to see such a detailed film which gave me a better understanding of who he was during his playing days and of the heights of fame that he reached before the terrible murder of Nicole Brown and Ron Goodman at first I was a bit, bit put off uh, my wife whose idea it was to watch it when it was eight hours long but once we started we were hooked I just got to the end bit here if anyone has a thought about watching this but it's put by the runtime, don't be it's really worth it there's a lot to tell and I don't think I, I would have been as interested or invested if they hadn't had to shorten it keep watching the films uh, Ben do you think he did it yes I do um, this is an incredible doc- <laughs> it's an incredible documentary did they have intervals it, I, I think so yes yeah yeah, yeah I think but on, on if it's still on iPlayer I thoroughly recommend watching it if not buy it and eight hours it just seems like how can you need eight hours mm. it's such a, a complex um, issue a bit like making a, a murderer but um, so you sort of have the history of OJ Simpson and obviously I was born in, in the uh, mid 70s so I wasn't aware of and I like American football so I was aware of him as an American football player but I wasn't around aware of him at the time when he was yeah, the, yeah. the famous running back and it follows him and it, uh, parallel to that is the history of LA and the treatment of uh, black people and the racism ingrained in the police in LA and the history of the police so you've got these two stories running together um, the NFL uh, what's amazing about the NFL is there's a branch of NFL called NFL Films who made loads of films during the um, of American football during the 70s and 80s and the way they shoot sport is absolutely brilliant I think it's really influenced how they uh, shoot um, other sports right but because American football is basically you're whereas football they're running around all over the pitch and they are in basketball yeah American football is setups. yeah so, so you've, you've got, got the each little one is a story you've got the beginning middle and end yeah you? and you can frame up for you know yeah. they're all static at the start 
so you can almost frame that up. You know they're going to try and get to the touch line, uh, touchdown to cross the... So you've got cameras set up for those things. So the nature of the sport invites great cinematography. Yes. And some cinematography is brilliant. So you've got OJ Simpson doing these amazing runs. And you think, oh, he's an incredible athlete, which my generation have forgotten because they no I, I mean I to me he was just like OJ yeah it was Nordberg yeah he's, the, he's quite good at physical comedy mm. you know going down some steps in a in a wheelchair but his story is incredible because after that he worked the system to become uh, pretty much one of the first black men to be on American TV as advertising and he was university university loved by the white community and the black community and he almost just left his whole black heritage behind right. and became an honorary white person and all his friends were rich white men on the golf uh, playing on on the golf clubs he was lived in the white uh, area of LA um, whereas all was, was going on you know in LA all the Rodney King uh, yeah. uh, beatings the riots in LA and there was a feeling that the whole a lack of justice in the whole of Los Angeles and the fact that when I look at the OJ Simpson case you think well how can he possibly have got away with it it's what- because he became a symbol of years and years of yeah. a lack of justice so it just so happened they picked the wrong figurehead for this and it was just it, it was the perfect for him the perfect yeah. timing for him to be this you know being taken to court for a murder because it, in a place where the tension was at, you know uh, they'd been going on forever and ever uh, it's absolutely fascinating this documentary and it's really great to see something in such detail and realise the all the complexities. I think when you grow up, you have an idea that there is someone who has got an idea of justice, who is totally unbiased and not influenced by anyone. And you realise, watching this and making a murderer, that every single person has got their own incentive and their own story and their own... Yeah, yeah. Uh, you see, you meet a juror who's clearly a biased juror because of her uh, attitude you know the jury were picked from a black area because they're worried about if they picked them from a white area there'd be riots and uh, it's it's more of a history of America and uh, of of Los Angeles and you've got this amazing story running through it which somehow brings all these other stories together it was made by a sports documentary bloke for ESPN and the detail he goes into it is incredible. And I think originally I was put up by thinking, oh, I've heard about O.J. Simpson stories before. Mm. I've seen the dramatisation of it. I'm not really interested in watching another O.J. Simpson, someone dredging through it. But yeah. it's not really like that. He's got gone into such detail. But I, I thoroughly recommend it. If you want to watch uh, eight hours of a... It feels like a, a great history lesson with a great story running through it. Okay. I mean, some bits are quite graphic and, and unpleasant especially in the second episode lots of sex scenes not so much sex scene, more more um, oh it's done in episodes then. More, it's, it's three part well it's lots of it's, it, it was on iPlayer it's three uh, two hour two and a half hour episodes right does it feel easier. like a film or does <clears throat> it feel like a TV show I would say it sits in between right it doesn't really feel like making a murderer it if it feels like an eight-hour documentary, I think it is right. right to be is right to be in that 
classification. Okay, okay. And what's its full title again? OJ Made in America. OJ Made in America. And uh, well done to the producer who I'll get his name now, who directed and made this because I think it is a phenomenal achievement of Ezra Edelman. Okay. Going into the research that it must have taken to be all over that and to ask people yeah, the right yeah. questions. And you see people getting all these people, all these other sort of sub stories, subplots rather, come into it. Oh, I don't, I've already spoiled it enough, but um, people know it's just great to watch, even though and I'll give you a new insight into how that happened. How many Mariks? Ten. Ten Mariks. Wow, okay, we'll check that out. Um, that's enough for this week. Yeah, that's enough. Shut up. That's enough, isn't it? You shut up. If you'd like to, <laughs> if you'd like to get in touch. That address again is filmfandango.com and you can write to us from there. Tell us the worst film you've ever seen. Tell us films you don't think other people will have seen and they really, really should. Just tell us anything, really. Um, tell us a recipe. We, we won't read it out on the show, but, you know, no, it's, no. it's nice to talk to each other, isn't it? Also, we do all of this for free, so if you would like to uh, contribute towards our running costs so Film Fandango can keep going then please go to filmfandango.com and click the donate button. Everyone who has, thank you, thank you very much. We will be back next week. Keep Keep watching watching the the films. films. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.